Live to see it, friends, and welcome to the world transformed. This program is your guide to an astounding future that lies ahead, one that will be here sooner than you think, and one that you have an important role to play in bringing about. At the world transformed, we want to introduce you to what may be the greatest transformation of them all the one that begins with considering and acting on the almost limitless possibilities that lie before us and that ends somewhere beyond the reach of the human imagination. So, when does this amazing future begin? Well, today is the day. My name is Phil Bowermaster, and with me in the virtual studio is my co-author, co-futurist, and co-host, Stephen Gordon. Hello, Stephen. Hey, Phil. How are you? Well, I am super fantastic. How are you, my friend? Man, I'm a little bummed by the news cycle. I mean, you know, it's just all bad news all the time, so, you know. Um, have I come to the right place, though? Well, you know what? It's Amazing Wednesday, and we talk about amazing topics on Wednesdays, and here's what I've got to tell you, Stephen. These days, there is so much good stuff going on that you can't just talk about a single news story, and we know this from putting this show together every week anyhow, but you can't just talk about one thing. You usually have to build a list, and so tonight we're actually going to have a list of lists of good stuff okay so if you are bummed by the news cycle by all the you know just negative thing after negative thing after negative thing we've got not one not two but three lists of awesome stuff going on in the world that we want to share with our listeners tonight so if 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 you're not excited about the future by the time we get done tonight i don't know i don't know what else we can do this this is this is our response to the news cycle i mean we don't really respond to that negative news cycle much anyway but let's just call that this is our non-response okay this this is us talking about it this is us talking about other things and this first one really just kind of sums it up this is the kind of this is the kind of we often do shows that are similar to this particular list. The story is called 15 Really Good Things That Are Happening in the World Right Now, Happy News Worth Sharing. And just this one list, just this one of the three we're talking about, is too long for us to do a show on, right? I mean, there's too many things here to talk about for us to do a half-hour show on. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we could just roll through the titles just about. Now, the first one we actually talked about on this list, Doctors Have Reversed a Two-Year-Old Girl's Brain Damage. They did it uh, just pumping oxygen into her brain, allowing her brain to heal. Helps that she was a little girl and not a grown adult. Uh, You know, you have uh, plasticity in your brain at at an early age like that, and that helped. But uh, it's giving doctors hope that they could do all kinds of things to help people, regardless of their age, uh, recover from brain injuries, whether it be from stroke or trauma or whatever. And so... This is a this is a big deal. Maybe maybe the beginning of something um, uh, big regarding um, uh, brain injured patients. So that's kind of a big deal. A hugely encouraging story. And yeah, we did we did talk about it uh, a couple of weeks ago. And in fact, we talked about this second one uh, recently too. We're finally getting close to achieving sustainable nuclear fusion. We've been talking about nuclear power quite a bit on the show over the last few weeks, and there've been interesting developments along those lines. We talked on Monday about just this kind of steep drop in price for doing nuclear fission power that China's taking advantage of. And now here is, here is major development towards being able to do nuclear fusion, which is obviously kind of the, I don't know, the grand prize in the, in, in the oh, nuclear yeah, power race. If, if we get well, there, it's basically have, unlimited free energy. Yeah, once we're once we're there, you know, it's it's, it's the uh, it's sort of the far, Forrest Gump response. You don't have to worry about energy anymore. 
Yeah, uh, so one last thing, yes. One last thing, right? So, yeah, that's, it's, <laughs> it's a, that's a huge, huge deal. And, it's a big uh, one. The, the third one, we can now listen into the universe. We've talked a little bit, bit about gravitational waves, but you know what? This is a topic we want to come back to and do a science show and talk about this, but it's a, it's, it's a, it's a huge story. Very, very encouraging and very interesting. If, by the way, if you're getting dragged down by the cycle of negative news that, that, we, that we are constantly uh, inundated with, read some science because there's just a lot of other yeah. interesting things to think about in this world besides, uh, besides politics and all that negativity. How about this fourth one? We're getting really close to eradicating the second disease from the planet. First, we got rid of smallpox, and now we're on the verge of wiping out the guinea worm parasite. And then what's next, Stephen? Polio would be next uh, on the list of uh, diseases to completely knock out, and uh, that's uh, getting, getting close as well. Um, and uh, let's see here, uh, decreased by 99.9% in the world, polio has, uh, due to the vaccination push. That's huge. 19, 19 cases of wild polio, that's polio in the wild, in, in, in the world, uh, outside the labs, in other words reported globally in 2016, and uh, in 2017, only eight so far. So getting pretty close to eradicating polio. Uh, you think about what a terrible, debilitating disease. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And we, we yeah. skipped over the guinea worm, but read up on that one. It's been a nightmare, too, for people, and it's just about gone. And, hey, speaking of getting rid of bad things, we've, we're closer than ever to having a drug that can treat autism symptoms. So... Uh, you know, uh, th that's important because we seem to be increasing the population on the autism spectrum. So if people want to deal with those, with those symptoms, uh, there's, there's hope for them. And how about this? Scientists are working on a graphene-based sieve that turns seawater into drinking water. I believe we have discussed this one, haven't we? We have. Uh, well, even just on Monday, we talked about uh, Bill Joy went into batteries because he, he listed off 25 areas that needed, you know, the world really, really needs. One of those uh, was a desalinization, and he passed on it because he saw, you know, the lower-hanging fruit was with batteries, right? Well, hey, this, uh, you know, he might, uh, he might want to say, you know what, uh, I've, I've done the battery thing. He might come back to this now because this, you know, the world needs fresh water more yes. and more and more. And, uh, and to do it cheaply and with, with a, a low energy output, uh, which is what we're, what we're talking about here, just uh, – um, to, to cut the amount of energy that it requires to turn seawater into something you can drink uh, is a big deal. And so material science involved in this as well, graphene-based sieve. Uh, excellent. You want to you turn things around in the, uh, in the developing world. Get them some power, get them some clean water. We, we've talked yeah. with Brian Wong about power with the, with the basic power idea. And clean water, it just almost goes without saying how much improvement you can make for that part of the world just, just by, just by doing that. How about this? Scientists well, I mean, think. Just think, of, oh, think of all the days you're not sick. Because exactly. You have good clean water. Yeah. yeah. You, you, you eradicate uh, so much suffering just, just on, just on the illness side, and you also take so much labor out of the, their world by people having to go hunt for clean water. Scientists think they may be able to reverse Alzheimer memory loss. So this is, you know, closely related to the first story because we're just basically what we're talking about is we're in the early stages of fixing brains. Right? There was a time when if a brain got broken, I mean, this is a vast overstatement, but once a brain was broken, you were done with it. Right? They're, they're just, you know, what, what, what could you do when really advanced neurological damage had occurred to someone? Well, here we go with Alzheimer's, the, 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 the great destructor of brains, and hey, you know what? 
they've found an enzyme, enzyme that interferes with key memory-forming processes in people with Alzheimer's, and we might actually be able to repair that damage and get those memories back. Well, how about this one, Phil? Uh, scientists are calling uh, this the most important discovery for pregnant women, women since folate, and that is that B, the B3 vitamin um, reduces the incidence of birth defects and miscarriages. And, um, and it, it, you know, they, it was a 12-year study uh, involving lots and lots of women uh, that they, came, they were able to determine that hey, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good correlation here. Cut so, way down on birth defects and miscarriages, thanks to with this. With something as simple as a B3 vitamin. How about that? That's a cheap way to, uh, to cut down a lot of suffering in the world. That is my favorite kind of story. I skipped one here. You no longer need to pay ridiculous amounts to access peer-reviewed science research. So if you are going to get off the news cycle and get on the science cycle, folks, here it is. Follow the link on this story. Get the Unpaywall app, and you can read scientific research for free. Okay, so don't just read right. the popular articles. Get in there and learn some science, folks. What you know? What do we have to do? How easy do we have to make it for you? How about this one? Researchers. I, uh, I'm, I'm going to okay. tell, tell you just real quickly, Phil. When I was in college, I uh, you know did a paper with you know just on library science for for one of my courses. Sounds real real interesting, doesn't it? Anyway, yeah, but, absolutely. <laughs> but. Uh, what I learned was that uh, they were paying uh, like $500, $600 a year of uh, subscriptions for some of these scientific journals. And uh, that was back in the early 90s. So no telling what uh, you know, some of these journals are, are, are charging the universities now. And that, you know, so in order to get your hands on that information, you have to kind of do, go through a university because you know, an individual researcher outside of, you know, well-heeled corporations is not going to have access to that stuff, right? Right. And uh, so this is a big deal that uh, more and more research is being published uh, in, these, uh, in these journals that are, are free to get to. Big deal, big deal. Normally I'm a big fan of people being able to make money off selling things, and information is a big thing to sell these days. But what's the point in doing scientific research if you're not going to let people get to the results, right? That's just – right. That's crazy to me. It's like the, the reason scientists do research is to join in the conversation. It's to add to what we already know about knowledge. That knowledge needs to be out there. People need to have access to it. Okay, researchers are finally beginning to understand how we can repair spinal cord injury. So that's the third one, kind of in a series here between the, the kid brought back and the, and the Alzheimer's. You, you know, brains are hard to fix. Spinal cord's hard to fix. But uh, we got some new cutting-edge techniques that are, that are making some real progress there. Well, how about, how about Hyperloops, Phil? Uh, you know, the Elon Musk project, uh, he, he did his white paper and kind of put it out there, and then, and then he began to kind of push it, and then several uh, companies started picking up on it. Well, the test Hyperloops built in the U.S., the Netherlands, Slovakia, and the Czech Republic, and, uh, and the, the goal is to have a Hyperloop system between Amsterdam and Paris, Paris by 2021. And, Phil, 2021 might be like, Far future, but what are we talking about? Four years. <laughs> Four years um, from now. That's right. Yeah. So uh, that's that's pretty that's pretty great. And uh, we've we've talked know. about hyperloops on the show, and we've talked about the, the the current progress here. But I don't think I had heard that one until just now. That that we're gonna maybe potentially have one going uh, in four years. That's pretty exciting stuff. And well, if, give you an idea how fast they are. They uh, they, they put it down here, uh, New York to Washington D.C. in about twenty nine minutes. Right. 
So yeah, for, for those no, not familiar the, the with the term, hyperloops show. are the magnetic, super fast trains of the future. And we yeah, had so, uh, Thomas so Frey on the show people, back in March, basically said it's the technology that transforms global civilization. Once once we have right. Hyperloop, we, we live in, uh, we live in, it's almost the transportation singularity, basically, I think is the, is the, the <laughs> well, way to you, describe it. The time it takes to listen to the show, you could tra- travel from New York to, to Washington, D.C. There you go. Exactly. That'd be perfect. So. I'm, I'm glad I'm glad we're doing a show that will accommodate people on that trip. That's good to know. We're, That's right. That's we're right. way ahead of the game. Okay, scientists are fighting back against antibiotic resistance. We know this is a huge problem. We've been we've been in an arms race against uh, against bacteria for for years now, and they've been winning. And now you know we've got a we've got kind of a new offensive going on there, and this could be huge for us because we don't want bacteria to win this race, do we? Well, it, it would it'd get real bad real fast, I'm afraid, if, uh, uh, if, if our antibiotics just ceased working overnight as, and they've been slowly going that way, then, uh, then we're in big, big trouble as a species. Phil. Right, but here we've got a molecule that reverses antibiotic resistance in multiple strains of bacteria at once. So big potential uh, leap forward in terms of holding the holding the bacteria off. There's going to be a lot of research around this, uh, you know, with, uh, with different biotechnology kinds of uh, applications going at to make, making our antibiotics work better. But I, I like the idea that you find the right molecule and suddenly everything we have maybe works a little bit better. That's a You know, we, we've been talking about the, this possibility, Phil, for, I don't know, since almost the beginning of the show. Um, this is a... And we're talking about really material science again. This is not, yep. you know, not an antibiotic. This is a star-shaped polymer that can kill superbug strains without antibiotics simply by ripping apart their cell walls. Right, you know, right. It just goes in there and rips them open, and the goop it leaks out, and they can't live that way. And that's, that's, they're done. And uh, that's, that's a pretty big deal. Well, I'll tell you, the bacteria is very effective, but we got one thing going for us. They're, they're faster than we are, but we got one thing going for them they don't is we're thinking about the problem, right? That's they're, right. They're, they're not they're actually evolving fast. That's, That's uh, right. So, and we're thinking faster all the time. So I, I'm rooting for us on this one. Okay, NASA has released all its research to the public for free, right up there with the free scientific research. Good on you, NASA. It should all be free. They've got a, web, a public web portal. If you get tired of reading general scientific research, folks, check out the NASA site and read what research they've been doing. Fantastic, fantastic stuff. And what's, what's the last one there, Stephen? <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with the last one because... Uh, hey, hey, come on. There's, there's a resonance here. I think this, I had to give you this one. <laughs> Scientists recently classified a brand new type of aurora. That's like Northern Lights, correct? And they named it Steve. Oh, wow! I, I, thank you. I'm, I'm, you know, I've got my hand raised. Thank you. Thank you. Anyway, <laughs> that's that's quite a tribute. You know, yes, I, it is. I, you know, I, that was nice I, of them. I feel I feel like I'm I'm finally being recognized for all that I've given back. Right. <laughs> <laughs> a protein aurora. Beautiful image of it here, shown in the oh, yeah. in the link story. And not not only are we, you know, learning about our own planet and what happens in our own atmosphere we're giving it i don't know Stephen, really good names i mean they could have they could have gone for it and called it phil but this is pretty good <laughs> I, I, <laughs> well they held back they held back uh, i'm sure the phil aurora is right around the bend 
No doubt. This is pretty good. No, it pretty gives good. us something to look forward to as well. So there you go, 15 <laughs> things. We, we, we work through them really fast, but hey, follow the link and just read up on this and just know that these 15 really good things are 15 out of actually thousands of really good things that are happening in the world right now. That, that all of these lists that we put together or the folks here at sciencealert.com put together or anyone put together is just a glimpse at really all the amazing things that, that are occurring. We live, in a, we live in an amazing time of progress and wonderful, wonderful stuff is occurring. Let's look at our next list, which is new tech is giving humanity many potential paths to immortality. Now, I included this one in the show because it, the headline speaks to a list that actually isn't presented here. The, the list that I wanted to see is there's all these different ways we can get to immortality. There's cryonics, there's life extension, there's uploading, and there's potentially the idea that they talk about here, which I, I guess moves in the in the uploading uh, direction. But but we've talked about this avatar project before, I'm pretty sure. The uh, uh, I, I believe it's Russian group that yeah Dmitry Itzkov is putting together, and basically. Starting around now, we're going to go from making robots that are remotely controlled by living people to making robots in, in which ultimately a human brain is transplanted to ultimately uh, uploaded virtual robots that an uploaded virtual brain is, is loaded into. So that's not really multiple paths to immortality. That's just one really interesting one. And <laughs> Well, you listed the multiple paths uh, in your in your. Uh, in your intro there, Phil. So, I mean, um, you know, life extension, cryonics, uploading. You know? There you go. Yeah, this one covers the uploading. And uh, the other two I mentioned we talk about all the time on the show. Not, maybe not as much yeah. cryonics as we, do, as we do life extension, but those are, those are all hey, different. Hey, it's, the, it's, the, it's the least desirable way to achieve immortality. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we, we don't talk about it all that much. Uh, That's right. Well, you know, to paraphrase Woody Allen, I don't want to achieve immortality through cryonics. I want to achieve immortality through not dying. Right. That's the, that's right. Exactly. Exactly. That, that, that's, right. that's the bottom line on that. But anyway, interesting interesting article about the uh, about the Avatar project, and just know that if they had written the article to to meet the headline, um, there really is a list of multiple ways we're looking at at making people live indefinitely, and that's pretty exciting. And that leads us to our third list here from our good friend. Peter Diamandis. This is actually the piece is written by uh, Vanessa Bates Ramirez over at Singularity Hub. These seven forces are changing the world at an extraordinary rate. But she's talking about a talk given by Peter Diamandis at the um, Singularity University Global Summit last week in San Francisco. And here they are, seven forces changing the world at an extraordinary rate. First one. The first one is something we always talk about. We talk yeah. about it all the time. That's the you know uh, Moore's law, and um, uh, you know named for Gordon Moore back in 1965, he came up with this idea that uh, computer chips would double in power and have in cost every 18 to 24 months. And I, I suspect when he said that, he was thinking you know the next three or four years or something like that, and, and that would be remarkable, you know, and how. How, how awesome that would be! Well, it's uh, that his law is uh, is is stayed in effect my entire life, Phil. Um, yeah. And fifty-two uh, years of Moore's law at this point, fifty-two years and counting of, yeah. of Moore's law. So, wow. 
<laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, so it's it's old news, but uh, it does it does it decrease in? I mean, exponential growth of computer power uh, is is still an a, an amazing thing, and it's and in quite frankly, uh, we are we are still I think at the beginning of of the great things that we're going to see uh, because of it. So. Any rate, um, he mentions in the article here things like uh, diagnosing rare forms of cancer. Well, you know, if you've got a, you've got a thing like Watson running off of uh, you know IBM computers, that uh, is is the maybe perhaps the uh, best uh, thing for diagnosing cancer in the world at some point in the near future. That's yeah, we, we get there pretty quick. Uh, where you know, a, a simple um, you know blood test can can show up and, uh, and they can know exactly what kind of cancer it is very quickly and uh, and get your treatment started very quickly so that uh, hey you know your your survivability goes up and and uh, and perhaps uh, your quality of life even while being treated uh, is improved because they caught it so quickly and they don't have to get you so sick with the uh, with the chemotherapy. So anyway, that's that's you know just one aspect of that. But I mean, there's Every aspect of our life is touched by computation now. So absolutely. Well, I, I was going to say almost everything we talk about on this show, and arguably everything that occurs later on this list is driven by this one. This is oh, yeah. this this is the substrate, this is the backbone of it all that makes all the good stuff happen. Is the fact that that we are yeah. increasing this computational capability. There was some talk. There has been some mumbling about Moore's law is about to come to an end. That seems to have kind of faded. As we, as we see these diff, different models for how computing can be done, how chips can be designed, how we can squeeze more life out of existing models and how new models are coming online quickly, it looks like Moore's Law is not going anywhere for the time, for the time being. So the, that progression will continue, and all the other good stuff we're talking about here will just keep happening. Convergence is the next item on the list, and this is your Spock's chessboard, Stephen, that you've, uh, yeah. that you've ta- talked about in the past. It's it, it's also kind of includes the idea that we've talked about many times the adjacent possible. It's just the fact that there there are there are so many developments occurring in so many areas and the unexpected, often hidden to to people looking at it from the outside connections between those things drive us. They accelerate the progress that we're making because we're we're not only seeing improvement on each of the each of the areas that we're looking at. We're seeing improvement behind the scenes. Because they're all pushing each other along at a at a tremendous rate. As as Matthew Ridley uh, has suggested, ideas have sex, and right. uh, there's more and more ideas all the time, increasing exponentially. And uh, so, an advance in solar energy could uh, come from an advance in technology, uh, nanotechnology, or, or biotech uh, could could create um, the possibility for artificial intelligence to. Uh, Take off. We mentioned that on Monday. Uh, you, you know, using uh, human DNA to create an artificial intelligence. That's you know, um, that's that's uh, bi- biotech and, and AI tech uh, getting together and uh, you know having a cocktail and having a little baby there, right? So that's uh, <laughs> that's right. You know, that's that's what's happening there. So big deal, big deal convergence. Yeah, huge. The next one is interface moments, and this is this is just talking about the fact that not only is technology becoming vastly more powerful, it's becoming vastly easier for anyone to access it, for anyone to take advantage of the capabilities 
that technology provides. A quote here from, from Peter Diamandis himself, you don't need to know how to code to 3D print an attachment for your phone. We're going from mind to materialization, from intentionality to implication. Basically, we're, we're living in a world now where the, these vast capabilities, this, this kind of vast underlying power is moving into the hands of regular people. They, they talk about how anybody who wants to can put up a web page and you know, they, can, they can create their own footprint out there, and that's huge. But also the fact, you know, talking about the earlier list we were looking at, the fact that anybody who wants to can access NASA's research, anybody who wants to can access scientific research, um, it's, it's, it's that convergence piece we were just looking at um, times potentially 7 billion, right? It's, it's yeah. everybody. Well, let's, say, let's say you need an MIT uh, education and you're, you're not in Boston and you don't have the money and, you're, and you haven't been accepted to MIT. You can still get it. I yeah. mean, if you, if, you have the, uh, if you have the desire, um, you know, MIT's put their courses online. Just, uh, just get online and, uh, and learn. Things like that. I mean, uh, it, the, the world is, you know, it's, a, it's, it's become an open place. It's it has. Well, closely connected, excuse the pun to that, is the next one, connectivity. Um, looking at the fact that we got about 3 billion people around the world connected to the Internet, up from 1.8 billion in 2010, so almost doubled in about seven years. And Diamandis you know, says we're going to have 5 billion people in, in the, the next few years, thanks to projects that we've talked about on the show, Elon Musk and others putting up satellites, basically creating an Internet connection, you know, for the whole world. So there's, you know, there's your, uh, there's your convergence right there. There's your interface moments right there. Just, just take the 1.8, turn it to 3, turn it to 5, right? That's, that's how many minds you've got now well, and, potentially and it, and interacting with And it's with not just the more, it's not just more people on the Internet. It's just, you know, we got Wi-Fi everywhere we go, Bill. Yeah. I mean, I, that's a big deal for people in the developed world who already have Internet. Exactly. You know? um, so that's, that's, that's pretty uh, That's amazing. true. We're bringing more people on, and we're com- kind of completing the always-on, always-available, able-to-do-anything-from-anywhere aspect of connectivity for, for the rest of us. Crucial to that, sensor technology. Uh, Diamandis predicts that after we establish a 5G, 5G network with speeds of 10 to 100 GBPS, a proliferation of sensors will follow the point that there will be around 100,000 sensors per city block. This is the much maligned, much feared Internet of Things really coming online. But when you start talking about 100,000 sensors per city block, you're talking about enabling um, things like, you know, we, we, we've talked about augmented reality. You know, we've talked about people being kind of connected into their environment in ways that are just almost unimaginable right now. And we're just a generation well, or two of technology away from that. You know, what we give up in, um, in, in privacy, and I suspect there, there's, you know, there's a huge, you know, uh, huge losses of privacy involved in something like this. We, we gain almost you know, divine powers, basically, right, to, uh, to control our environment and to, and, and to be aware of what goes on around us. So it's... Uh, it, it, it's a trade-off, and uh, and it's worthy of uh, concern and and discussion. But uh, ultimately, the upside I think far outweighs the downside. Absolutely, and this this next one, intelligence. 
another great quote from Diamandis. If you think there's an arms race going on for AI, there's also one for HI, human intelligence. And he talks about the fact that if a genius was born in a remote village 100 years ago, they very little chance that anything they say or do is going to impact the world in any way. But now thanks to the convergence, thanks to the connectivity, you know, thanks to the fact that we're that we're all interacting with each other, we've got the ability to leverage human intelligence in ways that we never have. Plus, if you right. take it to the next side, we've got the ability potentially to make ourselves smarter. You combine those two things yeah. and, you know, what's the real intelligence explosion going to be? AI or HI? We, you know, you can't say for sure. It's, you know, it's, I think it, it, it's, a, it's a partnership. It really is. Um, you know, one of the things I love doing, Phil, is I, I get on YouTube and watch uh, videos of, uh, of people in the developing parts of the world doing remarkable things with the limited resources they have, right? I mean, right. right. Um, I, you know, I, these guys were uh, um, in one place were, you know, just taking mud bricks, but the way they were doing it, uh, they, they'd gotten very efficient with the process. And so that they could build houses, like I mean, just very, very quickly with the way they were doing it, uh, because they were stamping it out with machines that they were building and basically hammering out of you know trash heaps, and um, you know, and just uh, you know, all sorts of things like that. If you get you know, you can get out on YouTube and see what see what people around the world are doing that that's interesting and 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 you know, and again. Um, a, a genius born 100 years ago, uh, you know, out, out in the middle of nowhere, you know, he, he probably would have had a very uh, efficiently run and clever firm, right? Yeah. Um, but but now um, that that same person, uh, their ideas uh, get, can be transported worldwide and uh, and 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 impact the world for the better. That's that's awesome. Human we're we're leveraging human intelligence better, and we're going to make human yeah. intelligence more powerful than it was. You, you combine those two things and. Look out. The final one, wealth concentration. This one is almost the one where people are going to go, what, wait, huh? Because, you know, there's... there's <laughs> you know, that's a little self-serving, huh? I mean, it sounds great if I'm getting some of it, right? If it's going to be concentrating around my house, okay. But how is wealth concentration a big driver of positive change the way these others are? Well, he makes a pretty good case here. He says, we're, we're living in this age when you've got people like Mark Zuckerberg, Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk. They've got a lot of money. And what are they doing? They're spending this, Bill Gates, they talk about, spending this money on big philanthropic projects or on just big business projects aimed at moving humanity forward. That, yeah. that, that these folks have the wherewithal and the means to make big stuff happen, and they're trying to do it. If they didn't have the wealth they would be interesting voices talking about interesting ideas, but would we be making the progress we're making? So, uh, I mean, you know, we, we, we talk about, uh, well, uh, much of the you know, world ra rails against the, uh, the 1%, right? I mean, right. When, when we're talking about people like Mark Zuckerberg and Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk, we're talking about the, the .0001%, right? Uh, That's right. These guys are so wealthy. Um, that uh, they're, they're so far beyond the concerns that normal mortals like you and I feel have that, uh, you know, uh, have, have they lost touch with, uh, you know, with, with what's important? Well, to some extent, they, they, these guys are the trailblazers, you know? I mean, and I, I think he makes a good argument here that uh, we need these people. And um, put it this way, the things that these guys are doing, we had to count on the government. 
in the past. Um, you know, uh, Elon Musk wants to go to Mars. You know, I mean, who would who would have done that in the past? It would have been NASA. It would have been NASA, and uh, and 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 you know, uh, and NASA never really got around to doing it either, did they? So, um, it's, not so uh, far. Yeah, not so far. And yeah. so, um, you know, I, I think it's uh, these guys, if nothing else, provides a comp- comp- <laughs> competition for the governments of the world too. In some ways, they they're doing things that uh, you know only governments could do in the past, and uh, and and because they're private individuals, they're they're a little more mobile, and and they can and they can make decisions on the fly a little better, I think. And uh, so and more power to them. I think. Uh, you know, the bottom the bottom line is uh, you can you can like the fact that there's wealth concentration, or you can hate the fact that there's wealth concentration. But this is seven forces changing the world at an extraordinary rate, and there's no denying. That this is one of the forces, right? You can right, you, right. You, you can you can you can say what you will about well, we, whether the whether is, the world like should work this way or not. Right? <laughs> What's that? Like it or hate it, we and like it or hate it, we got wealth concentration. So. We've got wealth concentration, and it's making big change happen. And yeah, you and right. I obviously like the kinds of changes these folks are working towards. So right. even if even if wealth concentration represents some some great economic injustice, I got to say, well, at least. This good thing is happening because of it, you know, and, and, and I'm not saying that it does necessarily. I'm just saying that even if you make that case, what Diamandis is saying is it's changing the world. It's making the big, it's making the big stuff happen, and, and I think <laughs> hey, you can't I would, deny that. I would, I, would tell, uh, you know, I would tell normal rich people, you know, you know the, the mere millionaires of the world, right. I would say, look to these big guys and get off your butts. You know, you don't, you don't just sit around uh, – um, you know, by the pool drinking uh, Mai Tais the rest of your life. Get out there and, and change the world, too. Yeah, that's and, right. Uh, take, take some of your less concentrated wealth and see what you can do. And plus, that's right. the rest of us who now have, have received all of this capability, all of this information, all of this connectivity, see what we can do even without the wealth concentration, right? So right. Make, make, it a, make it a competition that way. These guys are taking on government and changing what it can do. Regular people, if you're threatened by that, you take on the billionaires by doing big things yourselves. How's that sound? And let the let the regular millionaires see what they can do in the in the meantime. Anyway, it's all good. There it is. We went a little over, but there's our three lists. Three lists out of literally thousands of lists that could be compiled. But I really do like this one because this talks, I think, in very clear terms about what's driving the big changes that we're seeing. And we'll continue talking about each one of these in the weeks and months and years to come, won't we? Absolutely. All right. Well, hey, it's been fun, Stephen. Thank you all for being with us. We're going to be back on Friday with a brand new show. We look forward to talking with you all then. And until next time, live to see it. 